Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew Lapau. Let's start the show. Get on that bird and go. I want to clean like the highway. A boss in this state, we do it my way. It's rain out there, so why play? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Musician. Uh, On this week's episode, we have Bobby McKee. Bobby is a terrific studio guitar player. He makes his living uh, working out of professional studios, doing sessions. He also has his own home studio that he works out of. Um, And he also just released an album of original music entitled A Little This, A Little That where he explores his versatility on the guitar. So he came by and we just really uh, just hung out and talked the way uh, guitarists like to do. And without further ado, here's my interview with Bobby McKee. Enjoy. same time i can only wear one and they say that's worse to just wear one yeah i just read <laughs> totally yeah you're up. done dude you might want to get into brickwork <laughs> no but i actually i was reading an article about people wearing in-ear monitors one in one out because when i always wear ear monitors i mm-hmm. always leave one out okay just so i can kind of hear the stage and the, mm-hmm. you know the amp if it's close or and that's <clears throat> and they said that it actually can impair the other one because it feels like it's working harder somehow. Well, yeah, I've noticed. Well, I don't know, but... Well, I've know. noticed, yeah, on my last few gigs that since I wear the one in the left ear, the left ear is fine when the gig is done, but then it's the right ear that's now starting to have the symptoms of the left oh, ear, boy. like the little bit of ringing, yeah, so I might have to wear them both. Yeah. You play real loud? I do. Yeah. Um, I don't like to. I like to get a good monitor mix, but... Yes. It's hard though, isn't it? Sometimes, <laughs> especially got a drummer that's a heavy hitter. You yeah. Know? I know this one kid, I just produced his drummers like that. We play at the Wild Horse like four gigs a month. And uh, he's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, good God. I mean, it hurts you. You know, and then we, I went to North Carolina and did a gig with him. I never really travel anymore, but mm-hmm. he was kind of in his bind and his regular guy couldn't do it. I was like, well, I'm off. I got some friends over there. It'd be good. Mm-hmm. So I went over and we was in this small club and dude. Oh no. Oh man. I couldn't hear any. I had my amp up on a case where mm-hmm. the, the speaker was literally almost at my head. Mm-hmm. Full blast. Mm-hmm. Still couldn't hear it. 
Yeah. I looked at him. I was yeah. like, dude, this, I said, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I said, I would never tell anybody how to play, but <laughs> you need to learn how to play to the room, dude. Yeah. I mean, if it's a small room, you, you just lighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like I would on the amp. I don't run it full blast. Yeah, exactly. Even if I'm at a small place because I'm macho man or something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's what I noticed uh, when I did my first gig at Paradise Park. Like, I was oh, trying yeah. to be, a, you know, okay, they're mic in the amp. Right. I'm going to be quiet in here. <laughs> and then, like, five songs in, they're like, we can't hear you at all. Can you just turn, just crank it all the way? You're like, oh. I'm like all right, fine. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed with drummers, like, um, I had a friend, he went to Berkeley, studied drums at Berkeley, drum performance. I don't know what. Like, if it was just jazz, or if it was everything, or studio drumming. But he came to town, and we were just thrown on this road gig together, so he was pretty green. Yeah. And everybody in the band was like, you just gotta hit as hard as you can. And I've noticed that when you go into country music, or you just gotta, like, thrash on the drums and be able to have this pocket and have this groove, but hit as hard as you can. Like, it's almost, you're killing the thing. Oh, I know. I was watching. Don't need to though, you know. Yeah, I know it's all about your control. Yeah, because he's really the guy that determines the stage volume. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like then I'll come down because then I feel like I'm too loud. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, I'm too I'm turned down. You know, so there's you know. a drummer. Um, he makes these GoPro videos. He takes on the road with him, and he has like a GoPro near his snare and a GoPro behind him that shows the whole band and uh-huh. the audience. Yeah, and it's just the uh, board of the the board mix of the drums, and it's he makes these YouTube videos of it, and he's just like, it's you couldn't you'd break the snare, you know, if you hit that any harder. I mean, whatever, but it's, it's like no, I always say, my God, you probably wouldn't know how to play a Haggard song if I asked you. <laughs> I'm kind of old school. Oh like, man, me too. I'm, I mean, just like, dude. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I like to play rock and roll, too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, well, I don't know if you... you. I, I was trying to catch you live one time, and you were playing the Wild Horse, but it didn't work out. But then you had this... It was like a really... It was like kind of a stormy night, and you were playing Big Shots, and I rolled into Big Shots, and I got, really? like, I got to check you out a little bit playing with... Uh, Did I meet you there? No, because you were oh. just playing the oh. really song after song. Sorry. And... Sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> no, it was cool. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. I felt kind of yeah. weird like that I had been talking to you online and I and I didn't come to say hi like because I just kind of walked in and oh, I just... Fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember uh, your, your playing is like re- you got that, that country, you're a great chicken picker, but at the same time... Like you get really, you can get out there with oh, like yeah. your jazz yeah. language and stuff. It's yeah, great. I, I don't know if it's right. That's just, <laughs> that's just what I do. You know? It's it's definitely different. You know. It's, yeah, that's what I try, man. I mean, Nashville is so full of great players. You know, and man, you just have to be different. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to do. You know. Did but, you, when you got into town? Did you like what? direction did you take what were you were you just trying to get any gig or yeah 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 i just actually i moved to town with a, a band that i indiana where mm-hmm. i'm from mm-hmm. <clears throat> we had a band up there and we moved to town like I said in 97 or six and we we got a for six months we didn't do anything we had day jobs you know mm-hmm. i worked for uh tobias bases remember them no. <laughs> anyway, you know, yeah, yeah, Gibson, Gibson bottom, and they was okay. handmade, real nice bases, and uh, 
So I did that for a while, and then uh, we finally got our first gig in town, you know, as a mm-hmm. band. We played at Tootsie's. Okay. Yeah, we played Sunday nights, 10 to 2, and uh, first six months we played there, we didn't know you'd get a bass pay. They mm-hmm. didn't tell us, of course, you know. <sighs> and uh, so, I mean, we you know, and that's when we still work day jobs, you know. So we'd get home at like 4 o'clock, you mm-hmm. know, and get back up. And sometimes we'd make like $8 a piece, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, oh. Like, yeah, Sunday night at Tootsie's. Yeah. I've done that. I've done the 6 to 10 Sundays on yeah. the third floor, and oh. it's like nobody's there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, I might have picked the wrong business, you know. <laughs> like every musician feels Yeah, that. right. <laughs> but, it was, I mean, it was, it was a great time in Nashville still, because, I mean, you had like Red Vogue Oh, yeah. I mean, playing at with Don Kelly yeah. still. And across the street was a club called Wolfie's. Mm-hmm. It's not there anymore, but um, it uh, they had, had Ray Flack playing over there a couple nights a week. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Ray? He played a lot of them Ricky Skaggs records back okay. in the day. Great player, man. So you had Red, and then, you know, so I'm like, just like running around town just soaking it up, man. Yeah. Taking tape recorders with me. Yeah, you know, yep, yep. Before they did cell phone stuff, yeah. you know. Had them little mini cassettes. I still have them at home. And uh, I would take them home, and next day just listen, try yeah. to figure out what he's doing, you know, because I always loved his red folk arts mm-hmm. playing. And we're, we're still friends and stuff, but uh, he, used, he got so sick of seeing me, and uh, he knew I was coming to steal his licks. And uh, <laughs> I would walk in to Roberts, and he'd be standing there on the edge, you know, and, and he'd, he'd see me go, mm-hmm. You know, he's got a real low voice. And he'd see me and he'd hand me his coffee cup. <laughs> yeah, go get me some coffee, boy. That's <laughs> great. I was like, yes, sir. So I go up to the bar, fill it up, bring it back. And he's like, that's the least you can do, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. But he was laughing, you know. It was all good fun. Though. Okay, that's good. I always wonder how guitar yeah. players feel about that, knowing yeah. that there are, they, they're they they're at a certain level, they've got this yeah. gig, and that there's these other hungry guitar players right. in town that are yeah. just watching. Oh, I yeah. Did, I ran into J.D. Simo at, um, yeah. at uh, Carter Guitars, and I said, I said, hey, man, you know, like, I saw you when you were playing Don Kelly the first when I first moved into town, and I, like... I bought the CD and I really like tried to pick around and figure out what you were doing. He's like, no, don't do that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is he kidding? He, was, oh, well, he, okay. didn't, he didn't say it in a mean way. He yeah, was, he yeah. was like, no, don't do that. He's like, just do your own thing. <laughs> yeah, he's probably trying to give you good advice. You yeah. Because he, he's a good cat. Oh, he's, he's a good man, cat. He's I, a great player, too. He's, he, yeah, he was, yeah the, he was the guy that when I moved into town, I was like, I should just quit. Oh you yeah. Know. <laughs> well, you know, like you were saying with 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 Don Kelly, he's always had the best, you know. And mm-hmm. uh he uh when Red left, that's when Johnny Highland started, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another great player. Right. And we're great friends, you know, all these years we've been good friends and You and Johnny? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to It's funny, we both did the same shifts downtown. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we'd get done playing and we'd go to his apartment and he used to live on 7th and we'd like eat and cookies and you know we're both sweet tooth guys you mm-hmm. know? we sat and watched tv we never played guitar <laughs> we just go hang out you know and once in a while we'd get out the guitars and pick and just he's just great player man yeah i got i got to meet him played at the roadside grill in hermitage yeah um 
and it was just so cool. It was like the best bar band I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. You know, just is that with Tim some... playing keys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a great band. Um, really great, and he got to hang out and talk to him at the end. He's the nicest guy. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's and I knew his folks pretty good too. They both passed, but uh, you know, it's it's you just have to be yourself in this town. Like I said, going back to the mm-hmm. doing what I do, I just I just try to be me, man. You know. Yeah. So, so that's cool. some people like it, some don't. <laughs> but it's okay, you know. They know me when they hear me. That's a good sign. Yeah. So that's um, what, and you were you did just road work for ten years or how how long were you? No, on the road almost for? twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, almost twenty years. Yeah. When I moved to Indiana or from Indiana to here, uh, I was beating the clubs, playing every night, and um, you know just trying to get a gig you know mm-hmm. so I did that and worked a day job you know and so I would get home late you know three hours sleep a day you know mm-hmm. and finally a guy um a gentleman that was on Lyric Street when Lyric Street was still labeled a guy named Kevin Denny great traditional country singer good mm-hmm. friend of mine too but he uh he was looking and uh his still player Dan Galish which is another monster and uh he believed in me. We used to play a lot of gigs together at the Fiddle and Steel Guitar Bar. Mm-hmm. That was in 99 and 2000. We mm-hmm. played together there about yeah, three or four nights a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I think you'd do good on this gig. So I was like, well, it'd be my first shot, you know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even an audition. It was just like, here's the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and we're leaving so-and-so night, you know, learn the songs, you know. Right, right. And, it, and, and that record was... Man, this some serious playing on. Yeah, uh, Brent Mason was on it, obviously. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you have to check it out if you want to hear some some of that stuff. Like, golly, I mean, it's cooking. What's the record called? Um, well, he only had one record oh, on Lyric okay. Street, so nice. I, I forget the name of the record, but it, his name's Kevin Denny, and it's D E N N E Y. And if you listen to some of that stuff, yeah, boy, I mean, it took me like three weeks. I mean, seriously, just working, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's a funny story about that. I'd seen Brent in the studio yeah, probably five years after that. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine was on Universal, and uh, we was cutting. And Brent was one of the other guitar players. And somehow Kevin's name came up, and they're like, yeah, Bobby used to play with him on the road. And he looked at me, he's like, did you play that stuff live? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to thank you for that, too. <laughs> Making me work so hard, yeah. you know. He just started laughing. He's like, dude, I mean, I work, I mean, take after. I yeah. He said, you must be a bad dude if you can pull that off live. I said, well, I didn't say it was good. I just, <laughs> close, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it was, that was my first break, you know, with a major artist, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had good success with his singles. So, you know, once you get that first one, it's kind of like people take you serious. Yeah. Because I had plenty of, before that, chances to meet people or try to get auditions mm-hmm. it's just like first thing they'd say who have you played for you know yeah well right. nobody big but yeah i promise i'll do a good job you know <laughs> I, give I'll, me the job yeah I'll man do it well yeah i mean i i behave on the road you know yeah yeah and uh <laughs> but a lot of people well we need somebody with experience which right. i always used to get aggravated about that it's like man i promise i can do it you know yeah 
So, but you know, and that just started leading to gigs, you know. When you go to an audition, do you bring a resume with you? I always wondered if I should do that if I have, like... I never have. Yeah, I've never done that either. I never have. But like I was telling you earlier, I, I never got any gigs that I auditioned for, <laughs> which is really weird to me, you know. I mean, yeah, you know. It is the funny thing about auditions is I've, in my most recent one, I was just sure. I, I was like, I nailed it. Yeah, I got and it. And they are talking to me like I got it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. The old letdown trick. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call it. And then yeah. the next, and then we'll call you tonight. They don't call you that night. So then you're like, oh man. Did and you're I... like, oh, maybe they're just, um, maybe they're just out partying and <laughs> celebrating the fact that I'm yeah. in the band now. Trying to convince yourself, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a girl leaving, you know. It's like, what did I do wrong, you know? Yeah. I know I had a, a pretty big gig, a big artist right now that's still doing really well. I ain't going to mention his name, but mm-hmm. same thing. I went in, dude. Like I say, normally on auditions, I, I suck. It's like, ah, I mess up something, you know. Mm-hmm. And this one particular artist, though, I went in there and just smoked it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yeah, you know, finally. Yeah. You know, and, and he was even there, the artist, because a lot of other bigger ones, they ain't even never there. Right. You know, it's just the band, you know. Mm-hmm. And the band leader is a good friend of mine. He's like, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing. I went home that night. Didn't hear nothing. Yeah. Next day, nothing. I'm like, well, I hate to bug him, you know, because I don't want to sound desperate, you know, but I am starving. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but uh, but I did call him and he said, well, uh, the artist loved what you played. And he said that you're the only guy that actually played the parts. I said, oh, did I get it? He said, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, what the heck? What happened? He said, well, you didn't seem hungry enough. What? Yes. You're like, I'm literally starving. Yeah, I was like, dude, I just went through a divorce, filed bankruptcy, lost everything. I'm hungry. You know, I need work. I, I always uh, wonder, like, what, how, you know, what, what is the psychology behind the people watching your audition? Like, you don't seem hungry enough. If they're not blowing smoke, like what are they? What are they? What are they wanting to see that you're? You can't. You wouldn't do anything else other than the gig, you know? Or right. It, it's hard to figure, man. It, it is. I mean, every gig's different. And like, yeah. yeah. What if they? I feel like sometimes you should just go in and pretend like you don't even want the gig, and I, then they should. They, and that's you know, the, that's how I acted on that. Yeah. Gig. I, I mean, I didn't act like I didn't want it. I just went in and did my job. Yeah. Said, hey, good to see you. So and so, and we had knew each other. For a while, you know, we wasn't like best friends, but we knew each other, you know. And, you know, when I came in, hey, good to see you, pal, you know, this and that and the other. And I was like, well, I ain't mean, I don't, I ain't kissing nobody's hand. Yeah. Man. No, I never, you, you know, you can't do that. No, I mean, yeah. some guys will do it, buddy, in a second. You know, if they know they can get the job over somebody else, they'll do it. I'm just not wired that way. I'm not, I'm not either. I, yeah. I, it, it feels cheap to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, like, this is what I'm bringing to the table. Do you want it or not? Yeah. I said, because, you know, when you're a guitar player in this town, you're getting hired and fired. Oh, yeah. For years until mm-hmm. maybe something kind of pans out for a longer stretch, but nothing lasts forever. And, no. um, and that's like it, at the same time, it's like, why would you want to be in a band that wouldn't hire you? Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, even though so many of us do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, um, 
one of my first auditions was for a really big major label artist and he was there and he was and it's funny because I'm not going to name any names but um, but we're talking about but but we're talking about it I've auditioned for like a few major label artists um, and the ones that you think are going to be super cool and super nice are not Yeah. and the ones that you think are going to be like kind of douchey are super nice guys it's hard to figure (laughs) it It really is you know that's they all have their moments. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we all do, but, you know, like I say, some of them, you're like, they're hard to figure, you know, mm-hmm. but they are singers. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, singers. <laughs> I'm just serious. The, the be- um, Derek Sivers, like, said the best advice he ever got was from this guy. who's like, learn to sing so you're not at the mercy of some asshole singer. <laughs> <laughs> he has a point, yeah. <laughs> Of course, there's a lot of bad guitar players too. So, <laughs> you know, attitudes and you know. So is that that's your main axe right there? Yeah, uh, I had another telly that I played for a lot of years. You know, it's mm-hmm. all wore out on the fingers, and board, and stuff too. But man, I got this a friend of mine in Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, KLH Guitars. Okay. He's a good friend of mine, and I'm a, I was a luthier for a while too. Oh, okay. So yeah, I do a lot of. If I'm slow, uh-huh. I still enjoy working on them. You okay. know? I do like refrets and oh nice, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so you know we hit it off because he's from my neck of the woods, and I played the guitars. I'm like, man, I love this, mm-hmm. you know. And that's back when I was touring on some big stuff, you know, and and he helped me out, you know. Mm-hmm. But man, I never thought I would replace my main guitar that I played for a long time. But man, I got this. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah feels great it's big fat neck on it you know and it looks like it's had a lot of life yeah and uh you know and that's all a lot of it just from playing it you know mm-hmm. touring it was my fly date guitar and, mm-hmm. so you know how they are real gentle on stuff <laughs> but uh <laughs> then on the back of it uh and i used to play the opry all the time i would uh-huh. i carried a i carry a pocket knife a lot uh-huh. and i would just hand it to these old artists you know i love the older traditional guys yeah you can see different uh, they would just carve their initials oh, and stuff. Oh, cool. So who do you got on there? Uh, Porter Wagner was on here somewhere. Oh, nice. Yeah, and there's my old boss, uh, Craig Morgan, signed right here. Uh-huh. Of course, he did it, and I didn't know it. But, uh, <laughs> the, you know, just... Is that the, your belt right there? Yeah, some of it's from that. And, uh-huh. the, and then some of it just says wore off, you know, because they didn't push real hard, you know. Yeah, They're yeah. like, we don't want to hurt your guitar. Yeah. You ain't going to hurt this thing. Yeah, it's, it's like a... Yeah. Tree trunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I like about it, you know, and it's real light. It's only like four pounds. It's all hollow under the pit guard. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And no B bender on it, right? No, my other telly actually had B and G on it. That oh, was cool. my first, you know. And that this Indian head is like I said from my album cover, you mm-hmm. know. So so that's cool. I get my mama's side, we got Indian in the family and so I was like, man, that works that good, you know. What uh, what uh, what kind of Native American? It's uh, French Indian they call okay. it. Which I thought, is that real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was looking it up, and sure, they're like down from Louisiana parts. So okay. Yeah, my grandma's side and them mm-hmm. from down that way. And uh, so anyway, but yeah, that's the guitar I play a lot. That's great. And so once you stopped doing road work, you got into session work, and you've was that like. Did it feel like starting over? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it still does. Yeah. No, you know, I, uh, 
Sessions are hard, man. They really are. I mean, as far as getting into them. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be, you know, persistent at it, you know. Yeah. It's just... It's was just, it a lot of asking or, like, trying to hang out with people or did you... Yeah, and a lot of it is hanging. But, you know, most of all my work is um, stuff that I've made work. You know, I, I had a guy tell me that years ago. He said, brother, don't wait on everybody to call you. Yeah. Because you might be waiting. He said, it yeah. ain't that you ain't a great player. It's just so hard to get into, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my work is I've made my own work. I mean, I I do a lot of sessions from home, you know, overdub stuff. And then the stuff that I do, I've been doing a lot of producing too, mm-hmm. new artists. And so, you know, you make work, you know, people, con- you know, like singers that I've played with or worked for are like, hey, I want to do a record, you know. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm on the record playing and then producing it, you know. Cool. So, you know, and then I've met a lot of players from other sessions that have, kept using me over the you know mm-hmm. five or six seven years i've been home mm-hmm. you know and uh, it's getting better every year you know that's good yeah it was funny me and my wife had a uh rummage sale last year you know he's just fine you know yeah it is mm-hmm. and i found it's back when you used to use calendars real calendars you hang up yeah yeah and you'd write in the days yeah. like gig or whatever <laughs> you know and uh it was from the first year i was off the road and I was just flipping through it, you know, like, wow, man, I forgot about that. And mm-hmm. But anyway, all 12 months, I had two sessions my first year off the road. Uh, I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, but now, I mean, I do at least two a week, you know. That's great. So I'm very thankful, you know. Mm-hmm. In this town full of, golly, great players. Yeah. You know? I'm not worthy, you know. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take what I can get. That's great. Know? And so what is your, like, what is your home studio rig like yeah i just have i'm i'm doing like you're doing kind of it's the macbook pro mm-hmm. and pro tools 11 and okay uh, i got some uh a couple mic pre uh, mm-hmm. uh focus right stuff cool i use one of them is my uh interface you know mm-hmm. and then i also have like 11 rack and then some you know and i still mic stuff too you know mm-hmm. certain things you know it's budget wise right i ain't gonna burn up my tubes for you know <laughs> thirty dollars a song or something you know yeah so i'll just plug into the 11 rack and stuff okay so, so. you go direct into the uh, sometimes at home yeah and uh mm-hmm. what's what software do you use well the 11 rack is one of them oh okay that, okay that's yeah all right yeah yeah it's it's kind of like a guitar modeling it's gotcha. really good man it really I, is i've never actually never even checked that out i use yeah. a, the waves gtr oh yeah they are great too mm-hmm. yeah and i also have a um called amplitude yep so i have two different options mm-hmm. which i use the uh, lamp amplitude if i'm doing direct mm-hmm. but i'll use it if the client wants just the dry signal right so sometimes they're like you know i'll re- i'll go down where it sounds right to me and mm-hmm. then i'll just turn the plug-in off and just send them to oh cool yeah and then yeah. the 11 rack you can set it up where it's reamp like one channel's what you're hearing the other channel it does the same thing okay but it seems to be easier for what the way I got it set up to just do amplitude, you know, because I can just turn the plug in off, yeah, bounce it and send it, you know. That's what that's what I was when I first started recording. We would just go direct in mm-hmm. and use GTR or whatever. But since I moved to Nashville, um, getting more into amps and stuff, I've noticed that just miking the amp yeah. is you can't beat that. Just no. putting a fifty-seven no, on an good. amp, yeah. yeah. Except unless you got neighbors, they really don't like it. <laughs> Which I don't. I really don't. I mean, I'm on a 
pretty good sized lot, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I just my dog, man, he <clears throat> he trips out when he hears like guitar amps or something. I don't uh, know what it. He's part German Shepherd, but for some reason he starts howling real loud. And, oh, okay. So I'm like, I can't do take. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless he's gone. You know, uh-huh. then I can mic up sometimes. But yeah, it's like the heck shut up and yeah. it's gotta be when you get a session they just need some guitar overdub you could take your time with it yeah mm-hmm. and I, I like that you know mm-hmm. I mean I I do the sessions where man I've done I played on uh, Merle Haggard's son's record Marty Haggard mm-hmm. it's been a couple years now but over at Omni and we did all of his dad's songs you know which was mm-hmm. fun man I'm a huge Haggard's like my idol yeah. like country you know uh-huh. and uh, man we did 18 and uh, seven hours. Whoa. So, I mean, I can track fast. Yeah. You know, but it's nice at home. Yeah. You can get your coffee and yeah, right. sit in your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> so I enjoy it from home, too. And, you know, I live so I live 40 miles from town, you know. Okay. So yeah. anytime I can save on gas, good. Yeah. You know. And so where did you record? So you have this new record, Bobby McKee's A Little <clears throat> This, A Little That, and and where did you record this? I did it at a place called Red Alert Studios. It's up in Gallatin, okay. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Conley is the engineer slash owner of the studio. And man, it's a great, great studio. It's, I mean, everything I do, like sessions, producing, and all that, if I have like the control, you know, to where that we're going to track, yeah. I go there every time. Okay. I mean, he's just getting, I mean, you heard the record. I mean, yeah. it's great sounds. I mean, some of the best drum sounds I ever heard. And he's he's from the old school, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all HD Pro Tools, but it's still that simplistic approach. It ain't like, you know, 15 mics. Let's try this mic, you know. It's like, man, let's just play. Yeah. You know, to me, it's about, sometimes it can get a little overboard with the, this that and you know what i'm saying i <laughs> yeah. mean not bashing it you know mm-hmm. I, I just i'm kind of the old it's like my favorite producers and guys that i learned from are old school guys like sam phillips mm-hmm. i mean they're in like a square room dude like right. the most improper mm-hmm. i mean according to folks nowadays you know yeah well it's funny there, it seems to be in as time goes on different trends that people do like you right. know you listen to a country record made in the early 80s compared to a country record made in the early 90s yeah compared to a country record made now yeah it's just the trends is, oh yeah you know they're following certain trends that yeah. are popular um, yeah i mean that's true i mean i mean some of the stuff i'm doing at hit studio i mean it's it's modern country you know i mean mm-hmm. it sounds just as good though as anything mm-hmm. i mean we just have you know, he's got like a the main room's probably, I want to say 60 by 80. I may be off on that, but it's a big room. Mm-hmm. But when we did that record, that's, we went in as a band, bass, drums, and me on guitar, and tracked it. Yeah. Left every little mistake. I mean, mm-hmm. what you hear is how we did it. I didn't go in there and edit it. and Right, right. Oh, push this over here. and. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, so this wait, is a live record. It's a live yeah. record, basically. Yeah, I mean, the two acoustic songs, obviously, I did. I was there by myself at another date. Uh-huh. But it's all what you hear is what you get. And so what inspired you to make this record? I've been threatening to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to make a record. Just never had the funds, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ain't cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> Especially yeah. a full-length record, yeah. you know. But Sean, he's Sean Conley at the studio. He's where we become really close, and he's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he 
he's always wanting to help people. You yeah. know, and he really, really helped me with that. And the players on the record, Stan Saxon and Bobby Dancy, uh, they're like two of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And we track there a lot together. In other sessions, we track a lot. Oh, you got Joe Fick? Yeah, Joe Fick's a monster. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe, for your, <laughs> you know. And uh, he uh, he did the one song on there. It's called Rockabilly Blues. Mm-hmm. So you know how Joe can play that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm have, a huge... have, you, have you ever seen him play guitar? No, I haven't. He can play, play the shit out of the guitar. Really? Yeah. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he played guitar. Well, I saw him play at Layla's with um, the Eskimo Brothers, and he was playing upright and standing on his bass and yeah. doing all that thing. And, and then they, then the drummer started playing the bass. No, the drummer started hitting the bass. The guitar player moved to bass. I think his name's John. And then Joe got on guitar and just started... After taking a bass solo, took a guitar solo. No kidding. Yeah, was, they're a great band. Yeah, God, I love those guys. Yeah, and he and he's such a nice guy, man. I, I, I had met Joe a few times. We wasn't like, you know, first name basis, mm-hmm. you know. But Stan Saxon plays in a band with him. Uh, him and a guy named Porter McClister. Uh, Porter, man. Porter, man. Yeah. He's he's, <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Porter's great. I love his playing, man. And uh, he, uh, they play in a band together. So yeah. I'm like. We're tracking this song, this rockabilly thing, and Bobby Dancy's a great electric player, but he don't play upright. Mm-hmm. And Stan was like, man, we ought to get Joe on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I don't know him. I mean, yeah. I'd met him, you know. Right. He's like, here, let me, he handed me the phone. <laughs> Joe's like, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, I'd love to have you on this record, you know. I got this rockabilly thing, just kind of explained to him mm-hmm. how I called him, you know. And uh, he's like, heck yeah, man. Yeah. You know, he's just like yeah. excited. All you know? about it, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, when do you need me? I'm like, are you free today? <laughs> you know, because we've had studio already. Yeah. You know, he goes, yeah, okay. give me an hour. Wow. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. I'm and you read down the chart? Yeah, I had yeah. everything, you know. we When I did it, it's basically like a regular session. I tracked, I did pre-production at home. Got everything where I wanted it, and then we went in and retracked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, but I had charts wrote for the guys, you know. You know, it's kind of like a regular session, but we just had fun with it, yeah. you know. That's so, great. but yeah, Joe did a great job. And then uh, Gage Becker is the other upright player on the jazz song. Mm-hmm. It's called LaRay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's a monster, too. I mean, he plays down lower broad a lot. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends for a long time, you know. He's a good guy. We actually have the same birthday. Okay. Yeah, it's a funny story because we always joke because Gage is six foot nine. Mm-hmm. Huge. That's right? enormous. Yeah. <laughs> and so we always joke like we found out we had the same birthday, same year and everything. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, man, I quit growing early, you know. That's always, <laughs> and he just kind of looks down, taps you on the shoulder. You know, you'll grow up, son. You'll yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, that's the guys on the record. They're all some of my close friends, too. That's what made it special, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one song there called Winging It, mm-hmm. it literally is what it says. I mean, we wrote it on the spot. Mm-hmm. I come up with this head, you know, on the intro and outro stuff, and I wanted one for the bass and drums, just kind of play a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, we we got the structure. We ran through yeah. it once, and then we rolled red. What what I like about it is so every song is com- 
no two songs sound the same. Yeah. They're all very different feels and styles. Pretty and uh, yeah, like it starts off like suit, like totally rocking, and then it goes into like a rockabilly thing, and then there's a slow blues and acoustic, some acoustic stuff, and then uh, you have that song, Is Roy Gatton to Ya? Yeah. Those yeah, are, that, those are like my yeah. two favorite telly players. Yeah, you know? yeah that's, that, that was my. Yeah, I actually sent that to um, Danny's, Danny Gatton's family, mm-hmm. and uh, they loved it. Oh, which, that's awesome. Which really, man, I yeah. mean, that tumbled me, because, I, I mean, Gatton, you know, is my all-time yeah. favorite. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, why I do every different style. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't good at any of them, but I can fake it, you know. But uh, that's what I loved about Danny. I mean, it didn't matter what situation he was in he was yeah. like yeah man you know mm-hmm. so anyway that's what that's and that's just my dedication to him you know and yeah. then roy is roy buchanan of course you know so i had actually recorded a song of his a couple of years ago called uh, the messiah will come again mm-hmm. and uh I, I almost put it on the record but i didn't because i just wanted to have all originals and mm-hmm. you know but uh but yeah that was my dedication nice. to them guys you know and it when you hear it, it ain't like I'm doing a bunch of their licks. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. that vibe and that. Right. There's a few little things I, you hear me that Danny did, you know. I remember just listening to nothing but Roy Buchanan for a few weeks. And yeah. it was just like totally changed my whole outlook on like walking around town and stuff. Yeah. And just thinking about Roy Buchanan the whole time. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's funny, man. It Nashville's a different thing now. I mean, yeah. Used to them guy. I mean, at one time Danny lived here, and he used mm-hmm. to play down on a place called the um, Pickham Parlor. Mm-hmm. It's on Second Avenue, and him and that's when he had the Redneck Jazz Explosion. Right. And him and Buddy Evans, Evans would yeah. play down there. And I have friends. Obviously, I wasn't here yet, but I have friends that used to go see him, and they're like, "Dude, yeah, it just blow your mind." You yeah. Know, guys leaving, just like throwing their picks on the ground. It's like the know. country band of gypsies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they and they said even the session guys in town were just like, "Holy." This yeah. guy's nuts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, yeah, well, I just do it for a hobby. I'm a mechanic. You know, I work on cars. I'm like. Does it Danny would say? Yeah, because he always said it. I mean, he'd rather work on cars. I mean, he was a big <laughs> hot rod guy, yeah. you know. I mean, that's what he did, you know. He he actually quit playing it for a spell, you mm-hmm. know. And then I forget who it was that got him back into it, but just like that much talent, it just blows yeah, your mind. too much you know? of was at the top. You yeah, know, the yeah. Telecaster sound, and it was yeah. on Blue Note Records, I think. Um, and he had the Danny and the Fat Boys. You ever oh, get yeah. that record? I love it. Well, that ain't a record I ain't got by him. I, yeah. I even got stuff. I even got old ball caps that he used to wear. <laughs> I have friends that used to play with him that found out I was a big fan. They're like, man, I got a hat that used to, Danny used to wear, you know. He's got, and when I, like, see videos of him, just interviews or whatever, he just seems like such a gruff kind of, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like no bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's old school, man. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, I'm uh, <clears throat> a good friend, Paul Ballenbach. I don't know if you know him. He mm-hmm. um, he was uh, um, sorry, I'm just drawing a blank. Um, he's a great guitar player, and um, sorry, he's a guitar player for 14 years with Joey G. Francesco, the organ player. Oh boy, yeah. And so Danny, Danny made a record. record. Yeah, and I Untouchables. Was, um, yeah. yeah, and uh, Paul said he was stand like he said Danny was right here, and he's like I was just right here, just watching him. And uh, Paul's such a great, phenomenal, 
fast and musical player. And Danny said, hey, you think I can get a lesson sometime from him? Uh, and from Paul, he's like, you sure you want to do that? And then they, so they set up like a time where they'd get together and Paul would show him some stuff. And then Danny called him like half hour before. And he's like, man, I don't think I want to do it um, because I think it's just going to mess up my whole thing. Like, he was scared that yeah. if he knew more in yeah. a certain thing, it would mess up his sound. Yeah. Apparently, he couldn't, he couldn't read. Yeah. Couldn't read yeah. a chord symbol. Yeah. Didn't know any theory. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, a, I'm an ear player. I, yeah. I mean, I can read chord charts and I fake jazz, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just learned it by ear. All my favorite jazz players, you mm-hmm. know, Herb you know, Her Ellis yeah. and Kenny Burrell's the guys that I really love you know yeah that it's kind of more bluesy yeah you know and i like some of the outside jazz but mm-hmm. like pat martino is probably yeah. my favorite him and them guys you know mm-hmm. the 60s guys yeah yeah, yeah. It, it just seemed like it had more soul in it it to me. to me i don't know well my guys are west jim hall and yeah boy yeah, i mean kenny burrell for a really long time for yeah. sure Joe Pass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it had so much soul to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was, well, it's like then, they was the guys that was creating what they did, and now everybody, we're kind of trying to imitate it. Yeah. You know? But like you are saying, like with Danny, kind of paranoid about, you know, I got a friend of mine, great guitar player in town, Chris Condon. You know Chris? Yeah, yeah. And man, he's a monster player mm-hmm. too. But he... uh He's a great jazz player. He mm-hmm. studied in college and all that. And I'm like ate up with jazz. I love jazz, yeah. you know. I just don't know a lot about it. I'm just the ear, ear guy, you know. So one day I was like, man, let's hang out, you know. So we just picking, you know. And I'm like, hey, what, this and that, and asking him questions. And he said, well, let's just pick a little. So we played some stuff, and he's like, man, I, I don't think you need to know all that. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, man, it might make you play different. He goes, because then you start thinking about stuff. Yeah. He said, what you're doing, dude, you sound, I wouldn't mess with it. Yeah. I, I was like, well, okay, you know. The, I mean, you're, the whole, I think the whole goal is to just be able to pick things up by ear. Yeah. Because I don't like to use charts on gigs or anything. Right. I, like, so if I get asked to play a gig, I don't want to be head buried in, yeah. in the chart. Like, I want to know what the part is and be yeah. able to play around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We all been there. That's <laughs> But yeah, so that's cool. We're talking about Danny, you know, that's where it all that from my record, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all uh, you know. when you started, were you always was chicken picking a thing that was just kinda always around and you, or did you have to kinda go find it? Well, I grew it's funny, my daddy it all kinda starts from my raising, you know. My daddy's mm-hmm. a he's a pastor still. We called it a Baptocostal church, you know, because it was Baptist, but it was like Pentecostal. Yeah. I mean, people running and jumping. And yeah, yeah. Kind of like the Blues Brothers, yeah. you know. It's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that, I grew up, I started playing drums first. Okay. I was 12, and my brother played drums. So I kind of watched him. He's older than me, so I'd watch and learn, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I grew up playing in church, and then six, when I was 16, I started playing guitar. And my mama plays acoustic and sings and songwriter mm-hmm. so you know i kind of got that from her you know so anyway they my dad though he's firing brimstone but he loved haggard and Jones, son i mean mm-hmm. he loved good country music so you know i'm playing in church you know all you know two times on sunday and one time on thursday you know so you know growing up playing southern gospel and mm-hmm. and then hearing that stuff growing up but when i started playing guitar i was actually playing like rock stuff you mm-hmm. know like black sabbath right. and 
you know, all the old school yeah. guys. And I love that, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I went through the spell playing, you know, Metallica, like yeah. probably most kids, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I got to where I played that stuff, and and then I started discovering, you know, Roy Nichols. And, so were, you, were you, know. you, like, a really good metal player growing Man, up? Man, when I was a kid, I could. I can't do it now. Yeah. Like, I don't have the dexterity I used to have. And then when I started chicken picking, I lost a lot of that. Because mm-hmm. I, I quit flat picking. Your technique changed. Yeah. yeah. And I, instead of, I wish now, looking back, I would have still worked on it. Mm-hmm. You know, flat pick only. You right. Know. But now I'm getting it instead back. Instead of doing the hybrid? Yeah. Okay. But, and then once I started playing the country stuff, learning how that all worked, using my fingers with mm-hmm. the pick... I just kind of got away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny now when I hear it, I'm like, God almighty, turn that off. You know, <laughs> they're like driving me crazy. You know, I don't know if I just mellowed out over the years. I think that's what happens. I yeah, think I mean, mellow out. I mean, I can appreciate what them. I mean, them guys are great players. I'm yeah. not saying that. Yeah. But I did lose a lot of my speed, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, if I have the right tone and things, it'll come back. If I, ha- I have set and do it for a little bit, though, yeah. you know, I don't, I can't do it just off the cuff like I used right. to, you know. Well, I can't hybrid pick. I have to. I use a thumb pick. Oh, for do you? Chicken picking. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I, I could never use a thumb pick. Mm-hmm. I studied with a guy here in town that used to be roommates with Lenny Bro, mm-hmm. and this guy's a monster. His name's Terry. Uh, oh shoot! Sorry, Terry. What's his? Anyway, Terry's, a, but he plays with a thumb pick. And one day we was, you know, I'm like, I want to play like Lenny Bro, man. You know, mm-hmm. and he could play that stuff. You oh, know? yeah. And he's showing me, you know, and he's like, son, first off, you better get a thumb pick. Yeah. I said, man, Terry, I've tried, man. Terry Wedding's his name. Okay. Dude, you talking about a player. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, Chad Atkins used to go to him for lessons. And okay. Yeah, he lives, he don't live far from here, but. All right. Yeah, well, anyway, so I was like, man, I can't, I can't use a thumb pick. And then he's a big Merle Travis, Chad Atkins guy, too. He's like, you'll never play that stuff. If you don't get it, you won't play it. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's funny. And I just started playing Mr. Sandman with a flat pick. Yeah. And he's like, I ain't never seen nobody do that. That's impressive. And he's like, <laughs> I swear, I mean, I just. I just don't see the point in me trying to start over. You know, that's just how I've learned. You know, I, I can't, yeah. I don't have the time to, you know. For me, it was starting over completely. I yeah, think it I was, uh, I saw Tommy Emanuel play New York City, and uh, half of his live show was him talking. Yeah. And kind of, it's like, it's like half really amazing guitar playing. Yeah inspiring and then the other half is him trying to inspire you with his words yeah. like because he knows that you know that audience is like 85 oh, yeah. percent guitar players well he's got him right here man he's <laughs> you know like listening everybody's digging it oh yeah. yeah yeah he's, he's a great performer yeah. and uh he was like it's he said something cool he was like it's always he's like practice slow and it's always about learning new skills yeah and so i was like you know what i'm gonna give this thumb pick a try because yeah. i'm about to move to nashville yeah and i know brent mason used is one yeah and so i just he kinda... does all right with one <laughs> <laughs> there's hope right yeah and i and i just made it a i made it a thing to practice like long hours with the thumb pick and so you got the hang of it now i got, used I got to it. and now I'm, i got i got i think too used to it where i lost my flat picking ability oh. a little bit isn't that funny it's like oh, yeah man. and so i was like well like, fine i made the switch let me just stick with thumb pick but yeah. the tone you you don't get the same tone it's different yeah um you get a lot more speed 
um, and you can really bang out the low notes. Yeah. But um, with uh, then I went and then I saw uh, Tommy Manuel again play the same stuff that he was doing with a thumb pick with a flat pick, and I was like, Yeah, I gotta. I, was gonna I gotta be you, able yeah. to to really switch. So I, I yeah. practiced about the same amount with both. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask you if you noticed that he did that. Yeah. You know, I got a good story about Tommy. He, uh, I was working with an artist named Jimmy Fortune. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy was in the Statler Brothers, and when they retired, he went on his own. Well, we became, we're really like, he's like, seriously like family, you know. But Jimmy's probably one of the best mm-hmm. singers in the world. I mean, this guy's amazing. Well, anyway, so we was doing a um, a thing, I think it was up in, I want to say Minnesota. Okay. We was doing the Minnesota State Fair. It was a five-day thing. We had two shows a day. Mm-hmm. And we're driving up there, and his wife's like, yeah, we got, uh, we was talking about who was on the show with us, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, Jimmy's looking at this, you know, the writer and all this stuff, you know, she, man, some guy playing acoustic with us. <laughs> and this was in, uh, <laughs> this was in 2002. Yeah. I mean, Tommy was, I'd actually been listening to him since the late eighties. I think 2002 was when I started getting into him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd been, I'd seen him in like 91. Mm-hmm playing live you know i've been a fan for a long time and he goes yeah man uh, some guy on the show playing acoustic man this is going to be boring i mean people won't stay yeah you know i said well, who is it he said some guy named hold on tommy emmanuel i was like you're kidding me. <laughs> he said no you know him i was like dude i said he don't need no band i said he'll blow us off stage he said, why, come on, man, really? I was like, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. He's a great entertainer. Yeah. And, buddy, sure enough, we got there. We did two shows a day. It was really cool. The The first show was like at 2 o'clock. He opened for us. Mm-hmm. And then the second show, we opened for him. So it was fun, you know. But mm-hmm. for a week straight, I got I was hanging with him every day. That's awesome. All day. Yeah. Right? And so it was just like, man, this is great, you know. And what, it's just super nice. Yeah. You know, and. The first show I remember he after we he played, I remember we was getting ready to start, and that gig had a good bit of picking on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And daggum, the first song I look at and he's sitting in the front row, right in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, that? oh no! <laughs> I was man, I was fumbling all over myself. Oh, I just could. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just like, and I don't get nervous around yeah players like that. You know, I don't know why. I just knew how good he was, you know. And he, after the, he's just kind of smiling, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And after we got done, he was backstage waiting on me, and he just started hugging me. He goes, son, don't don't be nervous. I said, man, you don't need to be watching me, man. You got me all messed up. Yeah, 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 right. And then he just really, like, was, like, super nice. He's like, son, you're a great player. You shouldn't worry. You just do what you do. Yeah, that's true. You know, but at the same time, yeah, like you gotta yeah. know that, like right. you're like there, there's the guitar hero is like a term, <laughs> and you are yeah. one of the premier guitar heroes. Like, right. um, I have something when I was playing a with a band. We had a residency at this uh, place called the Love and Cup in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, Charlie Hunter had the oh. he was playing the backstage. We yeah. were playing the front stage. So Charlie's great. Dude. Yeah, when he would get off. We would do our set, and he'd, like, come in. So that was cool with me, because I know he plays, like, guitar and bass at the same time. Yeah. And I just love picking his brain during yeah. the breaks and stuff. But then I'm playing, and we're doing... Uh, it's just, like, kind of like a groove jazz thing. 
And I get off stage and Eric Krasno was just right in front the whole time, the guitar player for Soul Live. Oh. And it was and Lettuce and yeah. um who was my the guy that I was like stealing licks from all the time in college. And <laughs> so he's just sitting right there. Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it all happens, you know. But it, he was the nicest guy, and uh, it was cool. But, yeah, I definitely, like, heart skipped a beat kind of thing. Like, just, yeah. you know. Well, that, I mean, that's, most of them guys that are that great, most of the time they're really great, mm-hmm. nice people. I mean, like I said with Tommy, I mean, he just, once when I realized that he was like, man, I'm a fan of what you do, man. You, and then it just kind of calmed me down. And then mm-hmm. I played like I always do. Yeah. But then he was still so nice. But it was cool at, at the second show, like we would close or close the show, and he would come out with us. Uh-huh. And I would hand him my Telecaster, and I would take the acoustic from the singer and just, man, we did like some old Bob Wills stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and man, he just... Killing. I got pictures and stuff from back then, but I was like, man, that's really cool, you know. That's cool. But he, he was a great guy. You know, that's it was great. cool the last day on that that six or seven days, he was like we was leaving. I said, Man, I just wanna pre I just wanna tell you thanks for being a nice guy. That's cool. Not acting like Yeah. You know, he's he just started hugging me, he goes, Son, he said, Chet Atkins told me you gotta be good to everybody. He said, everybody does something different. He says, I love what you do. I do something different. And he yeah. said, man, we're all in this together, you know. But he was just so, I mean, it just really made me feel good. You That's know? great. Because I don't think people realize, and even musicians that kind of have arrived, like, the torment that we go through yeah. since yeah. we picked the instrument up. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm teaching a, uh, I teach like a, a nine-year-old girl fourth grader right. and she's just starting out and so she's not really trying to be a guitar player right, she's right. just taking guitar lessons yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and, but then i realized she's telling me about school about like kids beating her up at school i was like man we, it sucks to like yeah you know no matter what you get into you just got to go through the ringer oh i know and uh i mean like that old saying paying the dues man yeah. it's so true you know it's sometimes man it's like do you really love it? You know, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely separates the men from the boys. You know, I, yeah, it does. I think. I mean, so I have great friends that lived here for a while. They're great musicians. They just was like, man, I just I'm over it. Really? Yeah. And I mean, there are times I think we you all think get you, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we all get there. Things, yeah. I mean, this last winter was that way for me. This this yeah, winter. This was, winter was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I never. Golly, I never been this slow. In my almost 20 years living here yeah it was bad you know i'm like good night i'm about sick of this (laughs) (laughs) i need to go to college or something (laughs) you know i never went to college you know everybody always used to tell me son you you're getting in their own business you know when you're young you want to play whatever yeah but i mean it is what you make it you know yeah i mean how blessed are we to, to do it for a living you know yeah, in Nashville. I mean, of all places, you know. I think that though, to be a Nashville guitar player, you got to wear a lot of hats, and which I think it means like you probably could do other things, like Danny Gatton. You said work right. on cars, like. Right. Um, but I don't know. There's there's something great about it. just playing in town, and going on the road, and doing yeah. sessions. It's yeah. like a it could be an obsession, you know. Oh, and, I know. And you got to make it an obsession. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean it. 
it's funny what it can do to you. I mean, it's like a drug. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, my first marriage was like, I mean, that was over me wanting to play music, you know, yeah. my love of music. Tommy, I you know. Even Tommy Emanuel said at the show, he said, uh, he's talking about him doing this Beatles medley. He said, yeah, I wrote that when I was about 28, 29, and I practiced so much. I practiced it so much, my first wife left me. <laughs> It happens. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I was on the road, actually, when I came home, man. Empty house. Son. Oh, man. Yeah, I just had a newborn baby. Oh, my God. She was four months old. And uh, come home, everything. Refrigerator, washer and dryer, everything gone. Are we just, are musicians just doomed to, like... Well, you get, I got that? a good one this time. Oh, so. good. Yeah, we've been married ten years, but... Oh, congratulations. Yeah, she's a good one. She's, yeah. She trains horses and... Oh, nice. Because she's independent. That's what you need, you know. Is that what it is? Yes. You don't Thank want you. you don't want no clingy woman because <laughs> that's how my first wife was. No okay. offense, but <laughs> she's a good girl. It's just a hard life, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wired different, you know. Yeah, but, I think for a musician, you got to either date or see another musician or just an independent, you know, yeah. career gal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, me and my wife, current wife, I mean we was dating she'd be like look i don't need you around to be happy i love you but first i was like that on you know but then it started i was like no that's good that's yeah. good you know our first four years of marriage i mean i was home three months out of the year okay you know i told yeah. her constantly you know mm-hmm. and never once when you coming home when you that have a good time i love you Wow, that's great. Yeah, she's awesome, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, golly, I hit the jackpot with her, you know. That's all, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thankful for that. Anyway. Well, thank you for coming on. Shoot, yeah, yeah man. I really appreciate that. I'm honored to be here. Do you, do you want to pick around a little bit, or? Well, it's up to you. you yeah, want to? I'd love to, love to hear. Trying to think what I could pick on. We just talking about the, the flat pick, or the Travis picking stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. You know? Bobby McKee, ladies and gentlemen. We'll leave the light on for you. His <laughs> album is called A Little This, A Little That. Go pick it up. You can find it on... BobbyMcKee.com. All right. Yep. Go check that website out, BobbyMcKee.com. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. There you have it, my interview with Bobby McKee. Really great guy. We had a great conversation. Uh, so stick around for the next episode of Musician. Thanks, everyone.